Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I'm here with Mike Reynolds. He has been ideating and delivering digital products to market for over 20 years. He is an expert in product management, user experience, and product marketing. Mike believes there is a digital solution to every problem. With a passion for great product and helping other companies achieve it, Mike founded Innovate Map in 2014. Mike brings a fresh perspective on product strategy and guides clients to find the right product market fit. Mike leads an exceptional roster of product professionals and can't wait to help make the next great product. Mike, thanks for being on the show. Sean, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome. It actually, when you when I kept seeing hearing product and Mike um, and that kind of stuff, I almost kind of feel like it was like Tim the Toolman Taylor uh, when I talk about product <laughs> and how he uh, goes there oh, 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 with the with the tools and everything. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, but I see your stuff with product, and I, I'm completely amazed by um, how refined everything is. I've, I've talked to other people in the area about the different products, that, the solutions that you have made, and it's kind of like if you've got a SaaS product and you need to where do you need to go? It's kind of like you need to go to Innovate Map. And that's kind of, but it's not just SaaS products. It's other products that I've noticed mm -hmm. with your branding, your product, your design, your understanding from the user's point of view, which I think is, is interesting. Um, so my first question out of all this is, you know, how did like, this is the origin story. This is kind of like Marvel DC comics. Yeah. Uh, how did you come up with Innovate Map? And what has changed since, you know, starting the company, especially with 2020 happening? Yeah, I'll start the first one. And I, I, I'm very grateful for your perception on what we do in the, and the um, prominence of product, because um, I would say that that a, a passion for doing product well is actually what started all this. Um, I, I, like I said, I've been in digital products for SaaS companies and uh, startup or larger software companies, uh, probably about 15 years prior to starting this and really found my calling in, 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 a, in a professional life. Uh, and that being product, I, I will often describe we're worried about product team. And just to demystify that is worried about, are we building the right thing? And I always will describe the technology team, which people are most familiar with it. They're worried about, are we building the thing right? And so your product team is the one worried about, you know, uh, what's the right feature set? What's the user want? Is this going to sell? Is it usable? And, um, you know, probably, uh, and we started the company about seven years ago. And really what pushed me over the edge is I was really starting to see the value of a product function in a technology company being the differentiator. Um, so candidly, now that we're everything's cloud-based or SaaS, most digital products, uh, having it well-engineered is table stakes. Like if you don't have engineering down right, you're not even playing the game. Like nobody buys a car because it starts every time. Nobody buys a house because it doesn't leak. Same thing with software. If it's not of high quality and integratable and stable, it's toast. And if that's kind of table stakes, what was really starting to set products apart was how well they did the product side. How marketable is this? Uh, how valuable is the feature set you're offering and how usable? And um you know, so that that certainly was very satisfying in the role I was in. I was like, oh, that was great product hot. And that's that's kind of my passion. That's the field. But as I looked around, I started seeing that with it, the momentum of doing product well rising, there just wasn't enough expertise in market, uh, whether that be existing software companies struggling to do it well, even though it's what they need to do well, uh, or, or really primarily even a startup company where you don't have the ability to W2 all those product roles, UX designers, product marketers, 
uh, product product management, uh, and there wasn't really a good solution to that. Um, and so it's it's funny as a product guy, I always thought I would start another software company or work for another software company. But as I was kind of paying attention to this trend, it really uh, kind of connected with a personal passion to really just uh, provide that service in market. It's a very and I, I, I had a belief at the time that it was a much needed service kind of connecting two trends, one, everything going digital. And then the second trend, which is to do digital well, you need to do the product side well. And um, really set out on that belief. Um, And so rather than doing product well for another company, I kind of chose to build a product agency, a fully functional, a caliber product team, you know, with expertise in product management, product research, UX design, go to market, product marketing, and really make that reality or excellence make that excellence a reality for companies that need it most. And I'll be honest, at the time, my familiarity with the market was the tech scene. And so we started out laser focused on the tech scene. Uh, And I'll kind of transition to the second half of your question, which was, you know, we started out, uh, the words I was speaking, even UX seven years ago, was really product management, really only understood by um, tech startups and existing SaaS tech companies. Uh, probably what's changed mostly over the last seven years is worrying about a digital product is not exclusive to the tech scene anymore. You know, you've got non-tech companies trying to complement their business with a t- with a tech product, and um, you know they might they might have a hunch they need good engineering, but that we're kind of speaking a language that is you know almost like best of breed best practices from the tech scene over the last twenty years that is completely new terminology to non-tech companies. So I would say we sit here today uh, continuing to service uh, SaaS companies and, and primarily mobile app companies, but really also servicing uh, non-tech companies, non-SaaS companies with their digital counterpart, whether it be an app, uh, uh, the website, a software. Uh, that's probably what's changed most. That's been exciting though, because I think that that group doesn't know uh, this expertise and their gratefulness for it, um, their appetite, it really makes it um, quite satisfying as a professional service uh, in the partnership. Yeah, I, I've noticed that too. And I noticed your uh, your clients on your website have, have changed you and going mm-hmm. from mainly that SaaS tech mobile app to, you know, I think I noticed a, a nonprofit or more philanthropy where, I mean, that's the thing is that there's a new stream of how people are connecting with one another. And especially after last year, that is more going into um, kind of the digital workspace of, or workplace, um, if you want to call that. So in the, next, in the next question, which kind of rolls right into there, is, you know, what does digital innovation look like in the new workplace? Especially if you want to talk about your own experiences with your company, with your clients. Um, anything is, you know, open, open floor of, you know, I feel like people are giving um, – broader explanations on Forbes or Inc., but they're not giving individual explanations of what's really going on ground level or ground zero. Yeah. I, I, I'm lots of stuff coming to mind. I would say, especially this, you know, 2020 was a wake up call for many companies and I'll, I'll certainly speak of myself, but um, two, two kind of higher level thoughts immediately come to mind. The first one would be very simply more digital. So if, if kind of like what's going on um, is everybody is thinking certainly more digital, I would say a lot of companies are thinking digital first. And um, the way I often will describe that to people is probably the last 25 years, uh, tech and digital has maybe been a vertical. You, know, you got healthcare, pharma, retail, media, entertainment, 
and then you have tech. Um, tech, in my observation now, is not a vertical; it's a horizontal. It is it, it spans across those. And what you're starting to see is companies have really had to think. Um, you know, I don't. I'm unaware of any company that would be starting now that wasn't thinking of digital as a core component of it. And let me just give you a real example. If you were an awesome restaurant, 2015, 2019, what, what this year is focused, this past year has forced you to focus on is, my gosh, I've got to get my, you know, my menu online. Uh, I might even have to integrate with the DoorDash. I might have to, uh, you know, change my business to facilitate online ordering myself. Um, so even that, your core business is still food and service, but you're not going to succeed without a digital complement to that. Um, that's, that's going down. And like I said, I wouldn't, I can't imagine anyone that wouldn't start a restaurant. I'll stand that analogy today that didn't have digital as a core component of it right from the get go. You know, so we've got a series of companies that maybe, you know, in analog industries or non-traditional industries really trying to catch up with digital. But I'm telling you what I'm seeing now is there's no company starting that doesn't have digital as a core component right from the onset. And so that's why I'm kind of like, it's totally infused. It's not a different scene. It's, it's much more of a horizontal across businesses. Uh, and I'll give a good example of uh, ourselves. Um, I'm a professional service. You know, we're, we're definitely kind of a word of mouth. Uh, candidly, a lot of our own go-to-market strategy leaned into things like events, uh, sponsoring events, uh, having ourselves present, uh, a lot of relationship building activities. You know, and when we weren't uh, able to do those, you know, early in 2020, what we had to do was think digital ourselves. You know, how is the world or how is our audience going to know about Innovate Map? And we had to get digital with our own marketing. And uh, we had to, you know, if we weren't going to have like, you know, five nurturing touch points and three in-person meetings to, to, you know, acquire a new client, we now had to have all that heavy lifting done through digital strategies. So we had, we had to eat our own dog food and, you know, have our website more clearly explain what it is we solve for whom we'll go even further with product marketing. What are our offerings? Uh, what do we do? And then, you know, hopefully that that just to think at a business level, having that digital product marketing online for ourselves is really eliminating a lot of uh, could be top of funnel in-person activities, um, really going much more from an analog in-person to an online digital uh, presence in how we conduct business. And that's just us being a professional service. So between the restaurant analogy or maybe our own professional service, you're just seeing digital just be an incredible component to how businesses have to do commerce these days. I love that. And I love your um, your depiction on words because I can visually see things as, you, as you're talking. Um, I had to write here, like, you know, building the right thing versus building the thing right. Or and it's just the change of a nuance of the words, of the structure of the sentence, or you know, about being horizontal. And I could visually see as a product, and it's almost like a product roadmap that you're giving. And I think you're giving to the, the audience here too is or eating your own dog food. That's that's basically what it is. It's yeah. like, oh, should I, you know, I since I'm gonna give this to the dog, I might as well eat it too, because this is the life that's happening. And so I, I kind of want to get more into um your core service offerings, because they are very interesting um, and unique um, that I've kind of seen in the area, because you do something separately and you do it very well. And, you know, you know, 
how can businesses, you know, complement, you know, core product and service with digital in the sense that you have a lot of, um, you're doing a lot of things in person, a lot of analog in person things. Um, and I kind of did some research and other people can do research on innovate map, but primarily what my instinction was is, um, you're a product design company. I see design on LinkedIn. I see other things, but you're so much more than that. You're more of a customer mm -hmm. experience through product. So how can you um, speak to that of being more of a customer experience through product while leveraging messaging and design? Yeah, great. I, I would say, you know, I'm going to rise up a level from describing maybe our offering set or the roles of our team members. At the end of the day, kind of the value prop, uh, well, the, the competencies that Innovate Maps can bring to the table is, is really based in strategy and design. Uh, and I appreciate that, Sean. It's not exclusively design. I think we bring a lot of strategy of what to build, how to go to market, how to speak, uh, that design absolutely complements. Um, but it isn't just uh, an art project. You know what I mean? It's not, it's, it's, there's a lot of uh, outcome-minded business uh, recommendation rationale that our, our expertise comes with. Um, but really, when a, when a client's hiring us, I, well, first of all, when I, when I say a digital product, uh, I'm really thinking of anything that's online, uh, certainly SaaS applications, uh, you know, portals, internal portals, mobile apps. If you're thinking of an app, that counts. Uh, but a lot of uh, website design as well, because sites today are not marketing brochures. Sites today behave like digital products. So if you go to like PapaJohns.com, it's not all about Papa John's corporate. It's, it's you're ordering pizza. I mean, it, it has functionality. It's got workflow, uh, anything that's e-commerce. So all those are in play. You know, and what, what we try to do is it's going to resonate with the buyer and it's going to resonate with the user. And uh, that's kind of the two value props. And that's really how we make up our offering set. Uh, we've got a series of offerings that are strategic and involve design that help it, your digital product resonate with the buyer. You know, whether it be you know, how you're positioning, messaging, uh, sales enablement tools and equipped with marketing with how to how to talk about this product. Uh, complemented them by uh, a whole series of things such as, you know, UX design, uh, MVP definition, roadmap de definition, th things that help make sure that it also resonates with the user. And if you think about any of those digital products, whether it be an app, a software, portal, your site, it has to can clearly convey or resonate with the market or buyer. But then that has to be then consistent with the experience if you're then going to go use that digital product. It has to, you know, back up that value prop and solve the problem that that company was intending to solve with, with great experience, with great value and its functionality. Uh, those things I'm describing are not typically the things that the engineers are worried about, you know, and they have, um, and we love, you know, everything. I believe a, gr a great product is well engineered. And then uh, we will often talk like uh, a better product is marketable, valuable, usable. Meaning like I, I continue to say that you've got to have engineering down right but what's really going to differentiate or set your experience apart is how well you do kind of the strategy behind what's engineered and the design behind what's engineered. And uh, we'll come in with expertise in that competency and, and really help companies have a better product. I like that. And I, and I liked how you're talking about engineers, because when we talk about engineers, it's well, software engineers, it's not, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. They, they're, they're looking at, you know, they're looking at the app of the actual functionality of how fast it goes, different, you know, aspects of it. But sometimes um, it's, it, I mean, it's totally different brain. I've talked to some engineers where it's totally, like yeah. I'm coding eight hours 
you know, they have to take two hours just to get their mind out of, you know, code mode, basically. And sometimes, I mean, it's very hard to distract or take yourself out and think as the user on one end too. So I totally, you know, I totally get that because you're, in a sense, when you were talking about, you know, the product and the digital product, I almost thought of, um, you know, if you're a car salesman or if you're, you're selling a chair, you know, it's the same thing, but it's an online, you know, thing that you're, you're not building a physical product, you're build, building something mm-hmm. online to service somebody. And so leading into the next question, because, you know, digital is, is changing very rapidly, even more so is, you know, what are trends in digital products that we should pay attention to in 2021? Yeah, the, it, it, a couple of things in 2021. The, the biggest one, the two that come to my mind is, you know, if I might talk about the last five to 10 years, this emphasis on product skills, um, what I'm seeing, you know, and, and really citing that as a differentiator, what I'm seeing as being a real differentiator right now, or at least for the next 10 years, is brand and customer experience. And I would say that those are really elevated well beyond the product. But, um, you know, it isn't it, it will soon become not just good enough to have a good, uh, well-designed work through or workflow um, as as everyone goes digital across every industry and every space gets crowded. Why this product versus others? And, and, and what's going to different? And if you can almost assume, yes, they're all well built and almost you could assume, all, yes, they're all well designed. What's really going to start to you know, differentiate or cut through the noise is a brand that you uh, trust, resonate with, you're aware of, uh, as well as an experience that is second to none. So I do believe a lot of the digital products well, having it, you know, getting the product side right the past few years has been differentiating. Um, as more people are going digital, what's going to differentiate that? And I'll use a real example. Like right now, a non-tech company, let's use a bank, uh, absolutely has to think digital. I mean, that's not their core competency. That, you know, their core competency is a, you know, CD rates, bank interest rates, and, 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 and money. But the next generation of checking accounts is not going to pick their bank based on that. They're going to pick their bank based on a customer experience and, and a great brand really backed by a great digital experience. You know, how is the online banking? How is the app? Is it feature rich? And, 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 and so I talk about that because just delivering on a great deliver, uh, great product and a great digital experience will help those companies differentiate. But if you can imagine five years from now, it just being like, Every bank has got online banking and a great app. Well, then who are you choosing? It's going to be the ones that complement that with a full great experience and a brand that you want to work with. And um, so I would just say, kind of summarize that everything's going digital, uh, still needs to harp on the things that we've been kind of advocating the last seven years, which is great product. But I really seen that 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 relationship that a person will have with your company uh, that digital product is your front door. Um, and, and, and so, you know, how they find out about you, brand, their opinion of you, brand, uh, the, the digital experience, customer experience, uh, all that's going to get interwoven uh, and help companies differentiate. Yeah. And what I've noticed, because I've, you know, being in the D2C or, yeah, the direct-to-consumer world in e-commerce, especially, oh, yeah. that you've known, I mean, that's, that's, immediacy right there if you want to talk immediacy but um you know i forget who released it i think it was an advertising article that amazon 
outspent L'Oreal. Like it was 13 billion, I believe, in advertising spent um, just alone. But the thing is, is that Amazon already backed it up with a, a product, a service, a market right. to buy things. And then they have slowly ramped up their advertising budget to get people, more people to buy just to get the, that last few percentage and just squeeze out that last percentage. And that's what I've yeah. kind of noticed, especially this last year too. And especially going forward is um, you have to, you, you're right. You have to have an excellent experience. You have to have an excellent brand to go to back that up, but you have to, you know, dive into paid media because that is, you're going to be yeah. your immediacy. It's like hedging the stock market. But the other thing too, is like companies like Kyle Lacey with Lessonly, they added extra different things that are not their core product. Like they do a board game, they have t-shirts, they have a clothing. Right. They're doing other things to enhance the brand, enhance the customer experience. Yeah. And I, I would say, first of all, it's a great example. Um, Cause I, I think, I think, you know, Kyle and Leslie do a phenomenal job about focusing, not just on that. It's a great product, right? And that's kind of like, it's funny, well-built table stakes 10 years ago, well-designed table stakes today. They're at the other level. They're really building a, a brand grander than the product. It's an overall experience. It's, it's going to be, and it is already differentiating for them. You know what I mean? And, it, and it's um, very paramount in something consumer-based because a consumer is absolutely overwhelmed uh, by digital offerings in their face. And, it, and I'll just share real quick, Sean, something that we see, if to, just to give kind of like the listeners uh, a priority of the two, you got to have great product. I, I think we will see a lot of clients, you know, spend a lot of marketing dollars drawing attention to their product. Mm-hmm. If it's not valuable or easy to use, it's toast. Yep. I mean, when was the last time that you downloaded an app, it sucked, and you decided six months later to give it another try, right? You don't. Right. That, that 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 experience, that digital experience with your product, assuming you found you were aware of it, uh, is really the tell. It's ultimately a tell. So you've got to have the product right. Once you feel like you've got the product right, now it's time to invite people to the party. Right. And that's the best use of your your spend and be mindful of your brand during that. But you, it, you're going to fail as a business if you're you know drawing a lot of attention. You use the Amazon example and it isn't backed up. By a, by a great product. But uh, I'll also share with you the opposite of that, which is having a great product is no longer going to be enough. You know, and I'll just speak. That's why Innovate Map about four years ago started investing in a brand competency. So we help clients with that. Uh, we got a brand team of uh, you know, four professionals on ours just because it is becoming so intertwined, which is, you know, I'm, I could build the best product, but if nobody knows about it, um, you know, it's fallen on deaf ears. So, mm-hmm. it, 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 and it's really, um, it, it's really that we talk about that. That is the trend where, which is got to have great product, but the focus on a great customer experience and brand and the integration of all that uh, is really the trend that's going to be a winning recipe moving forward. I, I completely agree. I mean, there's polar opposites and I found out there was some, there's a little, there's a little nugget in the middle that I have found out too. In that is that um, anytime I go into another, you know, a SaaS model or any company site, you know, usually the first offer, if they offer a discount or they offer something annual just because of their MRR, AR, yeah. whatever, that can make or break them too. Because especially in e-com, SaaS, that kind of stuff, if you offer a 10% discount or more and you're losing profitability in your company 
and then you switch it to a 5% model or something else, that is going to hurt them. It could hurt them in the long, it could hurt them in the short run, but it might be beneficial in the long run. But the thing is, is that then you're completely changing your, your competence or not competency, but you're completely changing your customer base because then you're going for more price sensitive people. that are like, I want 10% and, and then extra versus I'll do 5% and do a loyalty program. And it could be very different. And if you don't start out with that initial offering, because that's what I've noticed what you guys do too, is you do some content branding is that that can either help or hurt the brand. Yeah, I would say, I mean, the, the mega trend that sits way beyond uh, product is, is in my eyes, customer experience. I and mean, that is how people are choosing who they do business with. And um, what that forces company to do is to not have an inside out view, but an outside in view. And it's something since day one, I think Sean, you alluded to this observation early in this conversation, but philosophically, uh, how do you make your product resonate with the user? It's an outside in approach. How do you make it resonate with the buyer? It's an outside in approach. I think people are starting to pick up on that. I've got to pay attention to the user and maybe design the product that way. But I think you were just hinting on something that we're seeing, which is people still may be packaging it or pricing it or selling it with an inside out view. And I would recommend a very similar philosophy, which is how do people want to consume this? How do they want to buy it? And that experience matters very much as well. You can alienate, turn off um, buyers um, by not putting yourself in their shoes. And so, you know, just to speak to how do you come about the right go to market, go to market positioning, packaging of your product. It's really similar approach to how do you come about the, the right feature set and right design. It's an outside in approach, you know, and so you do have to pay attention to how people are buying, why they bought your product. What do they like about your product? Why they chose you over others. So just as much as you might have uh, product people trying to get feedback on the actual product, you really want to be listening on the go to market side to why people are buying your product. Uh, and, have, and have an outside interview on that. I love it. Yeah. I, I like that. seeing that. Because I think we all think of the the outside in of like, how is this person um, or how am I relating to this person rather than thinking of like, what should I be asking out of this person in order to help each other and not putting themselves. It's like, it's literally the adage tale, putting yourself in the other person's shoes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, it's it's exactly that. You know, some people's shoes might be a heck of a lot bigger, like, you know, NBA stars that are, you know, 14, 16. But, you know, some of us, you know, might be clown shoes. But the thing is, is that you're 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 thinking as the person, as the user. And so, Mike, no more grilling questions here. But if you want to share a story about, you know, Innovate Map helping a client, you know, a, a change, a pivot, something that you saw early on, something that you noticed that you had you had to make a change in something that is possibly not online or not in the better product podcast, which I'll give a shout out to that too, that you kind of want to articulate or even dive in a little bit more of a story around that. Yeah. I mean, the, the first thing that's really coming to mind is it, it really a uh, personal transformation um, w was when, you know, we've always, we, we can come in and help an existing product. We can refresh how it, go to the market and we can refresh its usability. Uh, it's very fun when we get to engage from an idea from the start, you know, so we do love the tech startups. That's a scene we are not afraid of. In fact, we're helping there, but I will tell you um, uh, what I've been seeing lately, 
probably when I say late, I mean the last three years, is the non-tech founder. Like seven years ago, Sean, we if we worked and helped a dozen startups in a year, all 12 of the founders were serial, tech-savvy, SaaS experience tech founders. And I would say that that was 100% back then. Today, if we got 12, uh, 25% would be of that origin. And the majority of what we see right now are non-tech founders that are literally domain experts. It could be, hey, I'm in the dental space. I'm a dentist. And I see this problem and I have this tech idea and I want to go solve that. Or I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, you know, I'm a farmer. I mean, being very serious here. I mean, the, the breadth of domain expertise where people are seeing a problem that tech can solve. The majority of the tech startups come in aware of that. And uh, probably the thing, the reason that's, that's top of mind for me is one, that's a trend. But I get very uh, humbled at how much help uh, they need. Uh, and it's extremely, um, if you think kind of like the mission of what we're behind, it's extremely satisfied to help them. These are like, it, it, I, I kind of sometimes feel like it's, it, it's a, it's a person that maybe watched, uh, home remodeling on HGTV and a couple YouTube videos, and now they're going to go remodel their kitchen. And there's a whole profession that has been doing that for 25 years that would be like, Hey, if you're going to go do that, here are a couple of things you should know. Cause I've been doing this 25 years. We kind of have that kind of that relationship with that audience. And so I have, uh, we really transformed a little bit of our business to not shy away from people that weren't tech savvy. I think our value prop and our help has been greater with them. Um, and I would say that that's a, that's a big, it's frankly, it's an unexpected change. I never expected so many tech startups to be by non-tech serial founders. Um, but, uh, it's a delighter. Uh, our value prop is high there because we're helpful. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased we kind of figured out the ways to go help them. And in those instances, they aren't speaking our language from the get-go. So our service has to really be like a hand-holding concierge and educator of uh, the journey you're about to go in. But that, that kind of comes to, that story comes to mind. And uh, I'm pleased we get, the, we, we get those stories on occasion. They're some of my favorites. You know, we help make a non-tech founder successful in tech. Um, that's, that's a great thing. But, you, but I've noticed the way that you talk and your passion towards that too. And you make a bigger impact, even though you're, you're handholding, it's like a little boy scout or girl scout holding a little grand, you know, grandparents hand across yeah. the street. They need that extra little bit of help, but they're much more appreciative at the end. And they will become not only your advocates, but they'll become your supporters and generating and more word of mouth that you've been talking about and more, you know, referrals saying, you know, this is my experience with Innovate Map. You know, you guys should go over there because, I mean, I've heard from countless times with there being in different companies, doing paid media, doing other things, is that if you're not simple with it, if you're not driving a, an easy customer experience for them, they're going to hop over to another, you know, place where yeah. they're going to get, they're going to feel like they're welcomed. They're not going to feel alienated. I mean, that's just simple human behavior and it is, it's amazing sometimes how we can miss that as a society. Yeah, I agree. Uh, business offering too. So thank, thank you for sharing that. I really enjoyed that. If the non-tech, I wouldn't have thought of that either. Um, yeah. So this part of the episode, everybody, is about Mike Reynolds. Um, so Mike, <laughs> you know, why do you do what you do? Why do you, what, what is the kind of the first thing um, you, when you get up in the morning? And this is why I love Innovate Map. This is why I love product design, development, marketing, the, the whole shebang. 
Yeah, I mean, two two words come to mind, and they're, they're separate answers. The first, why do we do innovate map? The word help is the first word that comes to mind, um, and I think that you know we set out to. We've got passion, and I'll, I'll speak positively about our team. We have people with incredible superpowers, and then there's a whole sea of people that need our help, and and we love to help them. I mean, that, that's we are. You don't enter. A professional service as a, you know, founding a business as a professional service if you are not wanting to help others. Um, but then the, the second word that comes to mind that makes me spring up each morning is the team. I, uh, you know, I, I'm daily on a daily basis inspired by the excellence of, you know, people as passionate about product, uh, as passionate about our values. It's not just that, yeah, we did product in the past. Now let's go you know, share that with everybody. We're, we're still curious. We're trying to stay cutting edge. Our clients are counting on us being the expert. We got to stay current on that, but what really wonderfully character, you know, elite character people, elite skilled people. Um, they inspire me every day. Uh, the results of seeing how not just me, but our company and our team members can help people. Very inspiring. So that I'd, I'd say the opportunity to help the next founder or the next leader, uh, combined with a team that, you know, delights and, and, and provides that help is, is, is very motivating on a daily basis. It speaks to everything that you talk about on your website and everything that you have taught. Like when I've read, read your bio, it said that exact same thing. When I read the website, <laughs> it talks about it, but that's the thing is that you have a team, you know, and just meeting Sarah when we were in the green room and that kind of stuff, it speaks to everything. That, you know, yet you're, you are the CEO, you are, you know, kind of the face of Map in a sense, but you also have this amazing team who has, you know, their mastery of certain things and you kind of, it's kind of like you're Superman and everybody else has their own role um, and you just kind of raise them up, you know, you know, who do we need out of this project and who does really well at this or I mean, you could be a lead singer of a band. I'm like, yeah, this is, but this guy's the best guitarist or she's the best drummer. Yeah. Like, these are the people that we can get you in here to help you out. And so I noticed that. So, and I hope everybody else knows that too. If you've got a project or something, if you're a tech founder, non-tech founder, you know, hit up Innovate Map. But, you know, I've got two more questions for you, for you, Mike. So, right. you know, what do you do as a, for a hobby? What do you kind of do to kind of recharge? Yeah, I um, love the question. I, I'll tell you, I'm a, I'm a family man. I've got uh, my wife and I have five kids. Um, I would say my children involvement with them is a hobby. Uh, and then personally sports, um, whether it be uh, being active myself uh, or the best is the union between the two. So I do uh, enjoy attending my children's sports. I, I coach, I, I, I take um, some voluntary opportunities with that, but um as much as I can try to spend time with my family, as much as I can, my escape, my escape, Sean, is consuming myself into sports. I'm a fan of all the professional leagues. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a diehard fan of a team in each league. Uh, I'm embarrassed to the degree I follow them. Um, but, yeah, that, that, that certainly is something that I'll do to escape. You know, That's pride right there, and that's loyalty. Yeah, yeah there you go. So what do you, what do you do health wise? What kind of, um, you know, helps you recharge and kind of get you back into like at a center, you know, working, you know, kind of mode. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And, I, and I'll just, I'll, I'll share just so everybody have a quick chuckle. I am human. You know, I've got my, uh, 
<laughs> you know, what I'm about to say, I've got, you know, I wouldn't say I do 100% of the time, but uh, I know my go-tos. Um, I, I uh, you know, certainly I've got a routine each morning uh, that sets up my day for success uh, and is a combination of reflection. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of, I wake up very early uh, and I've got to get my exercise in. Uh, I spend some time, honestly, with a cup of coffee, mindlessly watching Sports Center with uh, petting my dogs, and that's kind of my warm-up time. And then I will exercise each morning. Um, and then, uh, I, typically, on a commute to work, if we're commuting, uh, that's when I make the mental transition from home to work. Uh, I'm a big podcast listener. I either, depending on my mood, if there's ten commutes in a week, I'm probably podcast six of them, and I'm uh, music the other four. I'm a big music lover, but. Uh, that, that, that commute, um, you know, even when we weren't commuting, probably in like your, you know, uh, early part of 2020, I was still simulating it with walks around the neighborhood, you know, where I was getting that podcast. There's just a, there's just a warm up to get my head right. Uh, I'm a big believer in exercise. I, you know, I certainly try to exercise six, six, at least six times a week. Um, no, nah, I should say six times. I don't know. I rarely am I making it seven, but uh, it's definitely not a once a week. And that that's good for mental health. Um, good for being there for my family and my team. Uh, that maybe I got that out of the way. But then after that, after that little morning routine, Sean, at that point, um, candidly, I'm selfless the rest of the day. It's I'm either there for the clients, the teams or my family. You know, I take that 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 two hour mode in the morning to get Mike right. And then I'm there for everyone else. Um, and that's my choice. It's my passion. I, I, and I, um, works for me. Let's put it that way. I like it. I really do. That, that helps you segment your day of where you need to be focusing. You know, Mike, you know, thank you for, you know, talking about product innovate map. Um, literally everything, your team, I mean, talking about the digital trends with products, you know, in, and starting in 2014, even before then, you know, kind of talking about the transition in your career for your passion was, it really speaks um, to your, your focus on, and this, um, this connection between, it's not just a product, it's the connection between human beings of how, how can we help you get to that next level? Um, or yeah. how can we get you started out? So, I mean, I mean, throughout our, this whole episode, I think, uh, guests should really, you know, reach out to you, um, and talk about, you know, talk about innovate map, talk about, um, you know, different things, because I mean, my first interaction with you, um, you have, you have a way of pleasantly um, pointing people in the right direction um, without, you know, some people, it might come off harsh when you're like, have you thought about doing it this way or changing it this way? So, you know, Mike, I really appreciate you being on this episode, talking about your passions. And I hope that Converge, you know, coffee listeners out there really appreciate. um, And I think they will. I know they will, um, you know, your little, your little dose of your little dose of uh, product. So thank you very much. Uh, Sean, it's been a delight. Really appreciate the, the, the conversation. So thank you for having me. I enjoyed it as well. You're welcome. And thank you very much. And to all the Converge coffee drinkers out there, that's a wrap.